Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, featuring of course myself, Tom Trauma, and as always, the original partnership, Liverpool Neil. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing fine, thank you very much today on this uh, Sunday morning, which is unusual for us to record on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I went to work this morning. It's pretty dreary out here too, it's sort of... Uh, I don't know, man. It, like, like this week, the fall, it, like literally the day it turned to be fall, it dropped like twenty degrees. Dude, right? It was so weird. It was like someone switched a fucking switch. It was. I crazy. haven't even closed my pool yet. <laughs> the official, the official trauma pool closing. Well, well <laughs> some you know, ceremony. I, I, uh, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about this later. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, okay, so of course you can reach us at Punk Till I Die podcast on Facebook, Punk Till I Die podcast group, where all the fun happens. Uh, and that group just keeps growing again. We'll probably be over 666 by the time this is out. Yep. Um, and uh, even though it's the bigger it gets, too, we do get more, like, spamming. Yeah, we do. It's interesting. We'll try to steal our massive audience. Yeah. Um, but the – so, of course, you can get a hold of us there. You can email us. We, we read a bunch of letters last time, of course. Uh, Punk till I die 77 at Gmail. Indeed. But we got, we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of nonsense today like we always do. But we actually – we haven't been doing a lot of punk rock stuff, have we, Neil? I mean, we've been doing a little bit of, you know, of course, we always add a few records to the collection and stuff, but I, haven't, I have not gone to much for shows, and I think we're kind of caught up on your shows, too, right? Um, I've got uh, Amel and the Sniffers on Wednesday. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so that'll be and then Agent Orange, I believe, on Friday or Saturday, which I don't have tickets to, but I'm probably going to go to. Well, I have, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about that when we come back, but I'm when we come, when we come back from our song break. But so... <laughs> A couple of, uh, I don't even know how many episodes ago now, of course, we had Jim Ruland on from, who wrote the book about SST Records. Yes, sir. And it sort of inspired us to kind of dive into their catalog a little bit, and you and I each came up with like our favorite five songs from the from the SST catalog. And it was varied, and we had a few that were kind of similar and stuff, but, um, and I thought that that could be a recurring theme that we should kind of explore, and because there's a few like old school punk labels that I think you and I definitely could, you know dig through and find a lot of cool stuff some of the newer ones i think you would struggle with and i'm sure some of the older english ones i would probably struggle with but maybe we'll get to those eventually too we'll see but uh we decided next to do that with byo records better youth organization indeed and i think that's kind of timely do you know why it's kind of timely neil because aren't trust records starting to do a bunch of reissues of some of the early byo stuff they are and i'm super excited about it um so the first two they did were the Circle Jerks, right? They did the first two Circle Jerks records, which were not on BYO, but were in need of a good repress. They were on Frontier, and, right, when they originally came out? Yes. Yeah. Well, the first one was, the first one was on Frontier. What was the second one on? Tenderloin or something? Or some, it was on some, like, weird, not Tenderloin, it was on some weird, like, subsidiary of a major, wasn't it, or something? I think it was some kind of subsidiary. Was it recorded in, like, yeah. Dizzy Gillespie's studio or something? I remember Keith Moore's mumbling on and on. There's about something. <laughs> he did. I he was turned like off. Yes. Grandpa Simpson mode. I couldn't really follow his story. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yes. He, he did like to do a lot of faulty products. There you go. Okay, because I think that was, like, when... So I think that was a major label thing, but they were using it to put out punk bands so it wouldn't get the stink on the, you know, Columbia or whatever the big record label was here we go was. here we go here we go you ready faulty yep. faulty products was the uk holding company for irs records oh and, irs okay yeah that was this that was uh stuart copeland's brother yes uh yes uh exactly miles copeland yeah um it included and stuart copeland was for the for the ignorant listeners out there uh, the drummer, drummer from the police 
go over the police. That's yeah. right. Yeah, indeed. Um, so actually, I got Miles Copeland's book, I think, actually, our good friend. Uh, uh, oh, did Alan give it to you? Alan gave it to me. I'm sorry, from oh, Goldmine. Cool. Yeah, he gave it to me. And, uh, man, I'm having a really hard time getting into it. I thought I'd find it fascinating, but it's actually very dry. And he just talks about basically how great he is. Um, ah, you were um, hoping it'd be cool like Stuart Copeland's Copeland's drumming. Instead, it's boring <laughs> like Sting. Everything Sting does after the police. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, uh, Faulty Product, UK holding up for IRS. Uh, so, we, they also did Illegal Records, uh, which I believe the Cramps were on, and Deptford Fun City Records. So, you're right. He didn't want to get that IRS stink on some of these um, on some of these smaller bands, or vice versa. So yes. yeah, so they just so they just put out the uh, put them on the, on independent sounding little tiny labels, which is interesting. so that's why that second that second Circle Jerks record had, had like a much bigger budget slash level of professionalism than the first one. Yeah, even though the first one had a magic that no money amount of money could pay for. But anyway, now funnily enough, Faulty Records, uh, Anti Noah League's first stuff. Was on that imprint. really? Yeah. See, I feel like there's a dead dead Kennedys did something on that too, but I might be totally out of my mind. I can't remember. And the Meteors, well, my favorite Meteor single, Mutant Rock. Oh, that's oh. interesting. Yeah, it's boy, a, that's it's, it's our next episode, Neil. Top five of faulty rap, faulty. Rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, the Fall had something on there. Yes, yeah. Circle Jerks, Anti Noah oh. League, Dead Kennedys, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. Yeah. Oh, see, see, I'm not. See, I'm like, you know, I, my brain has gotten rotten as I've gotten older, but there's a lot of stuff in there still, <laughs> yeah, kind of bouncing around. <laughs> so it's like a pinball table, right? The pinball is <laughs> exactly. fucking bouncing about in there. You never know what's gonna when something is in, in, important is gonna come up. So anyway, it, anyway, boy, once again, digressing is digressing seems to be the running theme of the last 190 something episodes um so anyway and that but but yeah the promise of trust records is that they're going to be reissuing a good chunk of the byo back catalog so i'm actually really excited about this and so yeah today neil and i are going to go through and we do our top five and i don't i don't know what neil picked he knows what i picked but i don't know what he picked so we're going to go through our top five of uh you know our personal top five you know subjective i mean byo they certainly didn't have the huge uh breadth of artists that sst did and that's probably a good thing to to, to be honest because the quality kept up more punk focused yeah i'd say the only thing they put out that really wasn't punk was like when the stern brothers were screwing around with some of that weirder stuff oh when they were doing a swing thing brigade and yeah or yeah like the yeah the new Royal Crown Review or whatever they were playing. Yeah, swing. They, they jumped on that swing bandwagon, that that horrible, horrible swing bandwagon. Dude, that swing 90s. thing was big. I remember going to one of the uh, warp tours, and it was like all the headliners were swing bands. It was like Jesus big, big Bad Voodoo Daddy and uh, I don't remember what they yeah. all were. Cherry Poppin' Daddies and all these. Yeah, Royal Crown Review. Uh, there was a whole bunch of them that came out of that thing. But it was, like, it was funny because, I, I mean, I know we're digressing again, but it is interesting. So... <laughs> <laughs> so the early 80s, like the Rockabilly uh, thing that came about with the yeah. Stray Cats and then the Pole Cats, and it was all, everyone was a Cats band. Right? It was a cat. Huh? But, but that started kind of organically. Like the Stray Cats were fucking penniless. For, well, they had to go to England to even get a record deal, right? They were mm. penniless in the States. So that all started organically and slowly. Whereas that swing thing just seemed to be, it came from that, what was that stupid movie? Uh Vegas. Uh, oh, was oh, it that? You don't mean to think of when they got the swing movie, the swing kids or swing boys or something? No, no, no. It was the one. Um, oh, God damn it. I ah, can't believe I can't. Neil, think you're of soft it. head, man. It's not. It's not. Damn bouncing. straight. I, yeah, the fucking pinball isn't bouncing around right. Um, <laughs> 
whatever movie it was with some of those was Ben Affleck was it like in a it or whatever. No, it was it was no. You'll know exactly what I mean when I'm talking about it. Anyway, sounds awful. It had like big bed, like they drove from LA to Vegas or something, and it was hijinks ensued. But mm. I think I think Big Bad Voodoo Daddy were in it or someone like that. And from then on, like this swing thing just started crazy. And like, but it just it didn't seem organic. It just seemed like it was completely um, just to make money. You know what I mean? Mm. Almost kind of like kind of like the interrupters seemed to me. Well, you know, it's funny, having just read this massive hair metal book that I just read, it is amazing how the record labels, and this is back when record labels had money. Record labels now, even the big labels, there's very, very little money to be made selling records. There's just people don't sell, you know, it's not like people before where you sell three million copies of your CD or whatever. Um, but the record labels, anytime something hits, all they want is the exact same thing. They have no imagination, no creativity. So the people who run the labels are so at odds with anybody who's actually any kind of an artist. You know, right. so it's just, you know, okay, well, it's and it's like, a, I said Nirvana might have been something special, but by the time you get to, you know, Third Eye Blind or whatever the other garbage, you know, <laughs> yeah, by the time sure. it got watered down to yep. major label standards, by that point, it was just it was just awful, you know? Yeah. Oh, and the movie was Swingers. You were right. It was Swingers. Swingers, okay. And uh, John Favreau, Vince Vaughn. Um, oh, yes, yeah. I, okay, it was like yeah, a bunch of guys out, like a bachelor party or something, right? Or yeah, something. they drive to Vegas or something like that. And yeah, and there, there was also some of that, that like lounge shit as well they were, hmm. they were trying to bring back. So it all seemed very, very calculated, right? It didn't, it, like I say, it wasn't organic. It was just hmm. very calculated to try and sell this movie. So How do you know, Neil? Maybe there was a huge underground swing movement going on <laughs> that you don't know about. It probably was, honestly, because the movie, anytime a movie does something like that, it probably was already way behind the times, you know? I mean, maybe, but I didn't really hear about any of those bands until the movie came out, you know what I mean? Normally the bands come first, and then you'll see the movie, whereas this didn't seem to be that way. Oh, maybe, mm. I'm, just, oh, maybe I'm just an idiot. Or maybe you have the timing wrong because your brain is mush. <laughs> I was even old back then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Charlie Harper of punk podcasts. <laughs> Thank you very much. Liverpool, I'll, I'll, Liverpool, say, I'll take Liverpool, that. Neil. Yeah. All right, so anyway, you want me to go first, Neil? you want me to go first with my first pick, or you want to go first? Actually, no, I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. No, please. Um, and actually, because it's going to go to that Liverpool Neil thing, so because it's a swing song, because you picked a swing song. <laughs> yes, it's it's my favorite by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Um, no, uh, so I first came to the states in '83, right? Exchange student. Yep. And um, I came not knowing I I'd heard of the Circle Jerks before, I'd heard of Black Flag before, but I really didn't know anything about uh, the you know much of the burgeoning uh, hardcore scene. Okay. And came over and uh, immediately gravitated towards the few punks that were down at U of I. That was mainly, actually, there was mainly high school kids. So I hung out with high school kids and then some of the, because there weren't that many punks in college back then, believe it or not. Even though it was 83, you know, when things had peaked already. It was all frat boys. But yeah, dude, U of I at that point was the, I think it was the frat capital of the country. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other story. Um so what was I saying? Oh yeah. So uh, the small group that we had, it was um, a band that turned out to be a band called the Breeders, who uh, th- three piece. They put out one single. Really, really not good. the not the not, Kim Deal. Right. Not the yeah. This is before that. Um, local kids. So uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. Hung out with them, and then there was some other punks in the dorms. Uh, my good friend Tom, uh, who actually lives in Grand Rapids. Uh, okay. Yep, Tom, yep. Tommy the commie, um, and um, another guy called Neil. Uh, 
So because in this small group there was two Neils, he was American Neil, and I was either English Neil or Liverpool Neil, depending on um, on who was who was greeting me. So that's how the Liverpool Neil thing came about. Because mm. I'm not actually I'm I'm from a suburb of Liverpool. I'm not actually from Liverpool uh, proper. So anyway, um, American Neil had uh, a lot of the early... Be- he was very Orange County, it seemed like, the stuff that he liked. Hmm. Um, so he had a lot of the early BYO stuff. He was the first one I knew that listened to Youth Brigade, uh, Seven Seconds. And um, Tom was more... Uh, I don't know. He was like Black Flag, Circle Joe. I don't know. He, he, he seemed a bit... Uh, uh, he seemed to like harder stuff anyway. But anyway, American Neil... He introduced me to, yeah, like I say, Seven Seconds and Youth Brigade. And one of the albums he had was the very first release on BYO, which was the uh, compilation. Someone got their head kicked in. Oh, such a great, yeah, yeah. And it is one of, I mean, there was a lot of great compilations from that time, American Hardcore compilations. Uh, Let Them Eat Jelly Beans was one, Rap Music for Rap People. War Peace, yeah, there was a lot of of great ones. But this one, Someone Got Their Head Kicked In, is superb because, hold on, I've got it right here. This is the copy that I bought in 1983. I have it on CD. I don't have it on vinyl. Shame, shame. Yeah, this is the one I got in 1983. And it came with a booklet, as a lot of those compilations did sure. back then. Because it was the first introduction. Because it had some 20 bands. bands on it or whatever. And it wanted to have a, the mailing address for every band was probably in there, right? Yep. And, I mean, listen to this. Listen to this lineup. Adolescence. Aggression. Bad Religion. Battalion of Saints. Blades. Don't know them. Joneses. Social Distortion. Youth Brigade. I mean, what a fucking lineup of bands, right? Yeah. And uh, so the first thing I'm going to play is, um, I think the, uh, Youth Brigade probably, this was probably one of the first things they ever recorded. Oh, is um, it the cover of the Reslos? No, this is, this is uh, Violence. Oh, Violence. So, okay. and, and if you've seen uh, what uh, Another State of Mind, right? The uh, the BYU oh, documentary. The, the- the, yeah, the tour with Social Distortion yep. and the school bus. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. So um, this is the song that they use when they're talking all about slam dancing and how to do how to dance in the circle pit and stuff like that. So anyway, this is Youth Brigade with Violence from 
All right, that was Youth Brigade with Violence. So, uh, yeah, that was probably my first introduction. Yes, sir. Probably such a great year for music. Yep. So many great albums go on 82. But, you know, Neil, you, 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 I wasn't, this wasn't a, something I'd plan on necessarily talking about, but it's funny. You talk about how the, the frat boy thing with, with, uh, down at UI. So I only have one kid left in high school, right? My younger daughter, she's a sophomore. She plays in the band. Right. So my, my son that just graduated played tennis for four years, wrestled for four years, played baseball when he was a kid. So I was always, I, I he was my, the only thing that kept me involved with any kind of athletic stuff. But now, because Addie plays in the marching band, we're going to football games. And it's, it's such a bizarre, <laughs> I mean, it is a, it is a, to me, it's as bizarre a counterculture as I'm pretty sure people look at me being almost 50 years old, still going to see punk rock shows. Because it's just such a, like a, it's, football is such like a, a culty thing. I mean, I go drop her off at like four thirty in the afternoon so she can get warmed up to play in the marching band thing. And there's people there tailgating for a freaking high school football game. Right. And then last weekend, because we're being super supportive of this kid, because she's kind of whined to us about how much time we used to spend on her brother with all this stuff. We are so far up this kid's ass. Now we go to every single thing. So we actually drove like an hour and 45 minutes to go watch her march at a college football game. Good Lord. And that oh, is even, yeah, that is even that. more bizarre, man. These yeah, it is. <laughs> people our age. I mean, I guess it's no different than you or I walking around a black flag t-shirt, but it is weird these 40-year-old guys talk about our team. and oh, Especially if they didn't even go to the college. <laughs> well, these, I, I think, I mean, it was Central Michigan. I'm pretty sure everybody who goes to the games went to the college, you know. Oh, they just live in the town, right? I mean, you see a lot of Northwest, like here in Evanston, you see a lot of people that were in Northwestern stuff, but they didn't go to That's Northwestern. True. Lord knows they couldn't afford it, right? <laughs> yeah, they couldn't afford it, right. Yeah. But yeah. it is, yeah, it's, it's a strange, it's just weird. Sometimes you go into other worlds where it's like, wow, there's a whole world here I don't even really know about. Like, uh, my dad used to sell, like, be a vendor at these, like, giant tractor shows. Mm-hmm. Like, out in the sticks. You think I live in the sticks, dude. These people are out in the sticks, and it's like, they have these big flea markets where you can buy, you know, all your Trump supplies, plus all your uh, <laughs> guns and ammo and jerky and just this bizarre thing. And it's just like, wow, this people, these people are like, almost. it's almost like a counterculture, you know? Yeah. It's like their own, their own counterculture. And football, too. Like I said, I guess it's no different than me, you know, of middle-aged man walking around wearing a circle jerk shirt but it is a little uh i don't know it's just it's a bizarre world to me i feel like a real outsider even though it's like a more much more mainstream than what we do you know well dude no it was really weird for me coming from england because in england there is no there was no even college like sports scene never mind what about high school. the football what about the 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 I mean, th- that's a similar kind of a counterculture, isn't it? The whole soccer thing. That's professional, though, my friend. That's what I'm saying. Like, like when we played in high school, you, you know, you might get a, you might get six dads walking their dog, you know, watching watching the game. Maybe you certainly didn't get peeps, people in stands and people tailgating and shit like that. I mean, there was no interest at all. The same with college sports in England. Nobody cares. Now, everybody goes to professional games, sure. Um, so that's why I found it so difficult to get my head around, uh, when I first came here that, you know, high school is so organized and college is, you know, college sometimes draws more than the NFL. I mean, you know, Michigan and Notre Dame yeah, draw over 100,000. Yeah, I mean, 110,000. crazy, right? Yeah. So I could never get, well, I mean, I do now, obviously, because I've lived here for so long, but at first I could not get my head around that at all as to why people were going to watch college kids play sports, you know? And, you know, when I, when I was younger, I, I, I definitely have gone through periods where I was much more into professional sports than I am now. I, you know, I'm, I'm like a pretty big Tigers fan. If the Tigers were any good, I would probably 
rally behind them. Uh, but like that's the Lions, Detroit Tigers for all you English people. Yeah, Detroit baseball Tigers. team. Yeah, D- D- Detroit Tigers are probably my favorite team of all time, and I do root for Michigan Wolverine football. But I don't watch it. It's like right. I don't like if I'm sitting at a bar or something having lunch, I'll watch them, or if I'm out boozing, but I don't uh, really watch this stuff at home. And like the Lions, I don't even I don't I could probably couldn't even name three players on the Detroit Lions team, and they're immensely popular, even though they suck balls. Well, actually, year they're, year. they're actually doing pretty well this year so far, I think. Yeah, I think that's See? showing oh, up. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, man. If halfway through the year they're good, I'll jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, well, you know, it's, even though I'm right between Detroit and Chicago, geographically, I have always, definitely always been a Detroit sports fan. I have no use for any of the Chicago teams. So. Yeah, I don't I really, I don't really either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people always wonder why why I became an Atlanta Falcons fan, and it was because when I got here, uh, you know, in the late eighties, eighty five, eighty well, eighty five, eighty six, right when I first when I came back from college, um, I liked football, so I was going to get a team. And by that time, you know, the the Bears at that point were the, the 85 Bears, best Walter team of all time. Or Walter Payton, yeah. you know, won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Shuffle, all that shit. That would have been e- too easy. It would be jumping on the bandwagon, right? Uh, it, well, they only did win that one year. It's not like they were a dynasty. <laughs> no, they should have been, though, because they, they got to the playoffs the next year. I mean, they should have been. With that team, yeah, they were good. With that yeah. team, Mike, Mike Dicker actually sucked as a coach, but that's story for another, for another time. Oh, boy, um, you ass beat in Chicago, you say that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I wasn't going to jump on that bandwagon, so I went the exact opposite way. I went with the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Well, you could have easily been a t- Lions fan in any given year. <laughs> That's true. But I think back. I think back then, I think they weren't too bad. There was Rodney Pete and Herman Moore and stuff like that. I think they were all right back then. They had a couple of decent years. Yeah, they've, they've still won one playoff game since the fifties or something. But no, the, the Falcons may the Falcons look like a dynasty compared to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, hey, why don't you pick, pick a song and we'll uh, yes, go I'm down memory play, lane again. Yes. So this this actually is very timely because so the the most recent anyway we're talking about trust records. So first they did two circle jerks, and then they or actually the very first one they did might have been the seven seconds one, right? They did the crew. They did the yeah they did. And you have that. I actually have I have an older press of that. I do not have that trust version, but I'm sure it's very nice. I have both. I have the OG and uh, the you know the very first press, and I also have that. Oh, Lydia does. So I count it as mine. Uh, as the, I have a, the trust well, reissue. <laughs> I have the BYO. I have the BYO press, but it's definitely not like it's a newer, a more modern press. It's one of those ones where you, it's got so many songs on it. You almost worry about the grooves being too close together, but it plays good. It's good. So, but anyway, the most recent one they've done is Aggression. Don't mm-hmm. be mistaken. Classic like skate punk album. Exactly. I have it on CD. Yep. I am gonna have to get it on vinyl. Um, but I'm gonna play a song that all my songs. In a way, I think kind of relate to my station in life right this 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 time around. Because <laughs> you're a money I, machine, <laughs> I love it. Because because yeah, I have four children, and I do often feel like I am the money machine. So yeah, this is from yeah, this is uh, aggression from Don't Be Mistaken. I, I do want to get that repress or I don't know an original, whatever. But yeah, like I said, I only have it on CD. But anyway, yeah, this is uh, aggression one G from uh, Oxnard, of course, yep. with Money Machine. It's all part of the capitalist scheme, the money machine Makes you forget your human being And 
Okay, aggression there with Money Machine. Uh, so, going back to what you were just saying about seven seconds and the reissuing the crew. So, I mean, why is Trust reissuing these things? Why don't BYO just reissue them themselves? Or, I mean, did, did this shit ever go out? Did the crew ever go out of print? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know that it ever did. Um, it's like, well, neither did the first Circle Jerks record. Frontier never quit making that record. Never quit pressing that record. Hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't, but yeah, so I don't, but BYO, I, I don't think is doing anything with their catalog anymore. I think they're just kind of out of the, out of the business. Yeah. I mean, I just always want, I guess I don't know enough about the business to understand how that works, but why trust would pick up on those things and why, if there's money to be made, why, why the Stern brothers wouldn't just want to do it themselves. Well, maybe the punk rock bowling thing takes enough of their time and is a profitable enough thing that maintain that back catalog is not too important at this point. And well, and the thing is too, you don't need to maintain the whole catalog, right? You just need to yeah. maintain the biggest releases, which I think is what trust is going to end up doing. I mean, I would love to, I would actually love to have one of the trust guys on and say, hey, man, look, you got to make sure you get that first U3 aid record and, you know, kind of go through the catalog and say, you know, some of these, these, these you got to, you have to do. Right. Well, and it's, it's interesting because, um, damn, dude, lost my train of thought. Totally, totally that, spaced out. Okay. But it's, well, no, I was going to say was all these little punk labels, most of them started out with as a label for a specific band, you know? I mean, BYO is the label founded by the youth brigade guys right alternative tentacles is the label founded by the dead kennedys guys uh you know um sst was founded by black flag so generally the flagship band of that of a label you know there's like a flagship band but i gotta say for byo i think seven seconds almost is the flagship band more than like like uh youth Youth brigade Brigade. yeah i know what you mean now granted they only did the first couple records but man yeah i don't know yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't. Maybe. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder which one sold more. I wonder if that first Youth Brigade album sold more. The no, crew, the, the crew, crew has to be their bestseller, right? You think? Okay. Well, that youth, the first Youth Brigade did sell very, very well. Did it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was very, very popular. Well, that's a weird record, of course, because it, it they put out a version in '82, and then they weren't happy with it, and they scrapped it, and they put out a different version of the next year. Yeah, with a different sleeve. Yep. And uh, but I, I definitely would love to see Trust kind of put their stamp on that. I have like a. 
once again, I have all this stuff. It's all CD air to me. I have a lot of stuff on CD, and the CDs don't sound all that amazing. And I would love to. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just. You know, it's funny because it's they're playing the long game, right? It's going to take years to roll all this stuff out. I assume. Right. But uh, I can wait. I can wait it out. So yeah, the first uh, Sound of Fury, that first Youth Brigade, the first version of it came out in '82. The one with the different sleeve, and it actually had some different songs on it too. And then they reissued, reissued it or redid it and re-recorded it, yeah. re-recorded it, yeah, with the the sleeve that probably most Americans know. And then it came out in England, and it was I think it was called Sync with California when it came out in England. Um, well, I know there was like a compilation called Sync with California. Yeah. That had some tracks on it because i had that too yeah um and that's got a different sleeve i had a really terrible terrible sleeve actually uh so it is it, it does have some interesting history to it but goddamn that was uh that was a, that was a great album that was you're talking about album. the sleeve with like the red and black and white kind it, of cartoony sleeve yeah it looks like a guy like ho- hoisting a flag or something yeah, yeah. it's weird it's terrible uh i don't know why they just didn't keep the original album cover but yeah i remember seeing that in uh in american neil's uh and his record collection, which was which is very impressive. He was the first one to turn me on to suicidal tendencies too. Are you still like once again on Frontier Records? That first album. Do you um? Are you still in touch with that with American Neil, or did you lose track of him? We lost track for a long time. Like he moved out to Delaware or somewhere on the East Coast, and uh, thanks to the beauty of Facebook, we got in touch again over ah. the last couple of years. So, I wonder if uh, he still got all those records. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I, I wonder that about a lot of my a lot of my friends. Because I know actually. you held on to all your stuff, but I think you're probably in the minority as far as that went. Yeah, I'm lucky actually, because I, I must admit I did think about in the '90s. I did think about selling them all, but it always seemed like too much of a hassle, and I didn't think I'd get my money worth for them. So <laughs> that's, as that's, it turns out, it was that was good, right? That's me with, with all this. I got a lot of crap around the house. I'd love to get rid of, it, but I just don't want to deal with people. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Facebook Marketplace is so easy. I'm like, really? I'm going to have somebody come over here and haggle with me over my old BMX bike and try to get me down to $15 <laughs> or something? Like, I don't need it. Yeah. I just don't need it. I want to have one of my kids do it. Just say, I'll split it 50 50. Anything you can sell. I don't care what you get. Yeah. One of my, I, I got but, some other friends who do that with old skateboard decks. The, yeah, they they have Jason because Jason's a big seller on eBay, so they have Jason sell it sell stuff for them. You know, Jason from Illuminated Brewworks. Yep. Yeah, yep. Well, and maybe that's you know the fact that there's like something real specialized like that, maybe records or skateboards, something like that. Maybe you don't get so much of that crowd, but like when you're trying to sell an old picnic table or something, <laughs> the level of people you have to deal with is just it's just not worth it to me. I I would rather throw it in the trash than have to deal with these people. Dude, when when I moved, um, you know, just a few months ago. Um, Laura actually did that because I wasn't going to move some of the stuff. You remember how big my old apartment was, and I had sure. a lot of stuff in there, that big kitchen table and stuff. I was certainly wasn't going to move that. So she actually did do that. She did the, I don't know if it was Facebook Marketplace or some other like online thing, and um, had really good luck with some of it. Like that kitchen table, someone, I got like $300 for it. I was going to give it away. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, they got to carry it out down three freaking flights of stairs. Have to take but, it yeah. apart and carry it down. Yeah, um, but then some things like just like an end table, you know. Uh, Will you take three dollars for it? Would you go screw yourself? <laughs> I'm not driving <laughs> yeah. the house. Exactly. And I think it only you know one of the things only cost me thirty bucks anyway. 
and I couldn't believe that people were actually bidding on it. You know, and, and I don't know. I'm going to drive two hours to come pick it up. It just yeah. came fucking crazy to me. And then we had the creeps who were like, uh, kind of, kind of stalking her when, she, when as, <laughs> as she was trying to sell it. You know, and saying we'll we'll meet you at such. You know, it was just really weird. Meet you just in the really, alley. Just really fucking weird, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You know, How's that got to do with BYO? <laughs> We went a long time before we played our first song. So why don't we go? Why don't you go ahead and play your second song, and then I got a question for you when we come back out of the break. Okay, I'm gonna play. Uh, oh, okay, so um, BYO they did that first compilation. Someone got the yep. head kicked in, and then they also did another compilation a couple years later called Something to Believe in. Mm-hmm. This was from uh, actually this was from '84. So the first one was from '82. This one was from '84, and this had some of the same bands on it. Um, but then it had some newer bands. Well, not newer, but newer to me, I guess. Yeah, newer from 1984. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, for, you know, at, at the time. Um, yeah. Like the, uh, Nils. Uh, yep. Big, Nils uh, cool. big Boys are on there. Unwanted. Oh, yeah. Tourists had Kraut on there. Oh, yeah. Um, had Youth Brigade, obviously, because they had to be on there. And my first introduction to SNFU. Mm. Um, was on that album, the song Womanizer, and that is actually what I am going to play. Ooh, Victim of the Womanizer. Yep, exactly. Exactly correct. That is the song I'm going to play. So it didn't make it to their first album, um, and no one else wanted to play. But uh, like I said, it was one of the first that it was the first thing i ever heard by it's SNFU. on one of their it, they either did it on one of the later albums or it's it's on one of their albums i'm I sure it's on a compilation of something yeah for sure yeah so anyway here it is this is a uh, womanizer by snfu Makes no sense that I'm not going to work and stop this 
right, that was uh, that was uh, Womanizer by SNFU, and actually, I saw them. Um, that would have been probably mid '85. I was like, when when did the first album come out? Do you remember? I guess I don't know. Um, and no one else wanted to play. It came out '85, so I saw them when they were touring that album. Such a great album. And there was probably thirty people there. And they played in a small bar above a white hen. Uh, this is down in Champagne, and they headlined, and the band Texan Horseheads opened up for them, mm. which was amazing too. For another story, but we'll get into that another time. Um, and Womanizer was the only song I knew by them at the time, so mm. I actually got on stage and sang Womanizer with uh, oh, with, cool. with, yeah, with with Chai Pig. So that was that was excellent. That was and that was a great great time. And I bought their album the next day because no one else wanted to play. It just came out, so I went across to Record Swap and bought that. So uh, you still got that too, I bet, huh? I do. Yep. And it was the original sleeve because that original sleeve with like the photograph of the kid with like the rigor mortis holding the grenade or whatever um i guess the family complained or something so they had to change that to a sketch of that same kind of oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so and that's had it's many like a red once again like a red and black and white kind of cartoon drawing right well the, yeah and the original is a green and white photograph is like a green and okay. white duotone so is the original sleeve it's, so yeah, that's probably worth a couple bucks so that's the one that that's the one that i have well let's see i'm looking at it right now well it's it's funny. So they were so SNF. You were a tremendously good live band. I saw them in the nineties, but they were very. Cheap Pig was just like a crazy frontman, right? Great yeah, frontman. He was totally was. Yeah, uh, original photo cover. Oh yeah, ninety dollars. Oh, not too bad. Not yeah. too bad. Yeah. Um, Highest one sixty. That's not too bad. So I was going to ask you, Neil, because because you're English, of course, and because we don't care about how far behind the news we are because this is actually a couple weeks old now so it's going to be a couple more weeks old by the time people hear it but so the queen has died indeed the queen has died 96 years old uh something like that i think yeah joining joining prince philip in rich people heaven he was like 98 or something died a couple years ago right right and the queen mother who died what like 3 or 4 years ago when it was like 103 or something <laughs> but you know so obviously I'm an American. The idea of any kind of a monarch is just totally off-putting to me, and uh, I think it probably is to you too. But I am curious of your thoughts on this because I have I have some some thoughts on it, and they're probably not as harsh as what you know people would like them to be. But so what's your what's your have we talked about the monarchy really? Have we we talked, haven't. We haven't. No. I mean, what what it's just what do you think about it? I mean, is it just a foolish old tradition or does it make you angry or well, everything makes you angry? No. No, actually it doesn't make me angry at all. I've got no really? I've got no problem with it at all. I've never really thought about it one way or the other. I it just always was. Just you know, exactly really, that's yeah. that's exactly it. It just always was and I you know, some of the traditions are great. Some of the traditions are what made what make uh, you know, the UK the UK. And um that's that's one of them. And she was a tireless worker for the for the country, and it was what it was. Like I said, I never thought about it too much until when someone told me uh, the lunchtime when she died. Um, I was actually strangely emotional just because she <sighs> was she was always there. You know, from the entire time I've been alive, she was being on the throne. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she's been on the throne. Yeah, seventy something years, over seventy years. So the yeah, the money has you know always had her face on it. The stamps have always had her face on it. It's just always been that way oh you, know, you gotta have that big dopey <laughs> yeah figure. yeah exactly his face will be on all the money i know? can't believe i thought they were gonna skip him because he was divorced 
<laughs> I don't think it works that way because he's still the he oldest. Seems like the oldest such a son, school, doesn't he? <laughs> well, he's very he's kind of woke too, which is kind of interesting. Prince like Charles, he's, he's, yeah, he's very green because he's always been like in in love with the countryside. But it's so weird, Boy, his taste right? In women, though. Whew. Well, well, he's he's not exactly a looker, is he? <laughs> no, and that oldest son kind of looks just like him, kind of a dopey looking. The redhead's pretty good looking, I guess. But oh well, yeah, that's because uh, we don't think he was the dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's the scandal. Well, wasn't he the cheater? Wasn't he the reason the marriage broke up? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they were horribly mismatched. I mean, let's well, face yeah. it. I think he was, was in his. He, was he cheating with that Camilla Parker Bowles, that freaking hideous <laughs> woman that he's married to now? Well, yeah, but she was much more suited to him than Diana ever was. Oh man! I, I mean, mean yeah, but a, nobody. I don't think anybody's ever said about about uh, Camilla Parker Bowles that she could suck the chrome off a tow hitch or something, right? She doesn't look like she's. <laughs> well, well maybe, maybe she can. Maybe that's the attraction. She doesn't my friend. give me. She doesn't give me the kind of vibes <laughs> of a husband. The kind of people that can steal a husband away well i mean you know i mean diana was what 16 or something and he was in his 30s and you know it's, well i uh, mean she wasn't 16 when they got married was she? no not 16 but when they first started dating she was really yeah because well you know, like, oh, so, right. that, so that prince andrew or whatever is the only pedophile to fail <laughs> no 16 is the legal age in england Mm. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, any, I don't know. Actually, I don't know which prince it was. That was the, that was allegedly a pedophile. I don't want to. Yes, you're about to get. You're about to go to the tower. I don't want to <laughs> deal with the with the lawyers of the royal family. Um, but uh, what was I said? Oh yeah, uh, they were him and Diana were horribly mismatched, and him and Camilla are actually they were an item before. Diana came on the scene and both were, pretentious, unattractive, were, <laughs> old English people. <laughs> well, again, I mean, the monarchy—it just always was. It's always, it's always been there. It doesn't have any power, you know. Um, well, it kind of does. I was actually a little surprised. Some of the stuff that Queen actually has some process in lawmaking and everything else—it's kind of strange. Oh, well, not really. She just, she just signs off on stuff. Just signs them. Okay. Yeah, she just well, signs I, off on it, stuff. It's just. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. It. I was going to say my American, like I said, my American viewpoint is probably a little different. But well, what really offended me was how gleeful people seemed to be about it after she died. People who had no fucking skin in the game seemed yeah. to be gleeful about it about the fact that a 96 year old woman died. So uh, I thought that was particularly uncool. And then, of course, all the idiots came out of the fucking woodwork. Well, what about all the repression? What about the colonies? What about this? What about that? It's like, A, you can't fucking turn back history. And B, the colonies all got broken up under under her name. You know, yeah. it was all, you can't all turn was, back history, Neil, but you can erase it, apparently. Apparently. Uh, you know, and the fact that, or you can just rewrite it to be what you want it to be. You know, yeah. cl- completely ignoring the fact that, you know, all the, uh, all the old Great British colonies all like became independent during her yeah. reign so actually it was just the opposite of what people are saying so the, the, the pure ignorance of people or they just want to say what they want to say and forget about the facts um just upset me so that that set me that set me off as well hmm. so, interesting you know. so so my 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 feeling about it is a I, I agree with you about the gleeful about people dying because it's just like it's just it i think it just shows poor character you know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, she really didn't want the job. It was thrust upon her. She is a mother. She's a grandmother. Her grandkids are, you know, she, she has great grandkids that are crying for her. I, I, I can't get happy when somebody dies, you know? Right. Right. But that being said, from an American standpoint, all I can think is, this is just the world's biggest welfare recipient. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just, just a 
leech of billions and billions of tax dollars so that they don't have to do shit. The whole royal family. I, I don't know. It's just, oh, it's, they do a lot, dude. They, no, they do a lot. They constantly go into all these shithole countries and, you know. They, they <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you don't want to call that anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, do you want to be going to fucking Zimbabwe for a week? We are going to get. This is the day we finally get canceled. We start talking about the monarchy. I mean, but do you want to be going on a week long tour of Zimbabwe and and fucking Tanganyika and fucking Tanzania and stuff? I I don't. So I don't know. Sort of. I mean, I sort of want to see the world, but yeah. I bet you the way they traveled, it wasn't all that bad. The the certain parts of the world, I have no interest in seeing. Thank you very much. And you know, I'm sure the Tanzanians are very happy with. You know, there's honestly there's very few places in the world that I wouldn't like to see, but I mean, life's going to run out before I see them. But you know, it's so I'm kind of want to focus on you know some of the nicer ones with the well, beaches and whatnot. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I don't want to go well, on a Richard White holiday. Thank you very much. And it, and but it's tend. funny because well, uh, that didn't it didn't look like he was roughing it too much, Neil. But uh, but it's funny, you know, I, I booked that fancy trip to Carousel in December, and our flights are already canceled. Oh, <laughs> like the trips we already canceled, had to cancel. Our, I mean, that we, we had a lot of like emotional capital that wrapped up in relaxing for a week on the beaches, the you know, the white sand beaches and the clear blue waters. But yeah, it's already canceled. So is that the queen's fault? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't know whose fault it is. Neil. What, why is the why, why is the airline industry in such disarray? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Because they cut all jobs and stuff right during COVID, and people don't want to work these days. So they, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I mean, I don't want to work either. But here I am. Yeah, I was in this morning. It's Sunday. I already went to work today. We we were actually supposed to record this episode last week, and Tom got yes. called out to work, and he worked all night, didn't you? I, I worked a half the night, yes. I was very, uh, man, I was real dopey. Yeah. And then when the next night when it was time to record, I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do it. I, I can't even. But anyway, and I've been, and of course, my son, you know, I, I think I said this before, my son bought a house recently across town, just like literally maybe a mile and a half from me, or a mile maybe. And uh, so we've been trying to help them out, get stuff ready before they move in. I think they're officially, I think they're sleeping there now. But so I've, I've been kind of burning the candle at both ends. So, anyway, all right, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to play another song. Go ahead. Which um, one are you going to pick? Okay, so I, I might be a little off. So, you know, and I, because I can't tell. So I think this one actually might be from the Dirt Nap era. So the briefs from Seattle, who we're going to see in a couple weeks here. Indeed. So they put out a bunch of stuff on BYO and a bunch of stuff on Dirt Nap. I picked this song because it has a Michigan connection. I think it's funny. It's a great, it's a it's a very very funny song and it's yes. exactly Even what punk rock should be. I actually have a soft spot for Bob Seger, for being honest. This yeah. song is yeah, about, right between the eyes. <laughs> this song is about killing Bob Seger. Yes, it is. Um, I saw Bob Seger once. He was already an old man, but it was a pretty good show. Is he is he Down dead? Is he dead now? No, he's not. Well, no, he uh, he lives in the he's from the Detroit area. He still lives over there, not in Detroit, of course. But you know, uh, but yeah, so. So we're going to see the briefs. So my next pick is from the briefs who did, like I said, put out a bunch of stuff on BYO later. This would have been in the two thousands. And this is from their first album, which I think was originally under nap. Like I said, it's, it's kind of weird to see because it seems like BYO might have done the CD or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, I don't care. I'm picking this brief song. It's called silver bullet. I hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. No, it's not on hit after hit. I don't remember which album. It's on. Anyway, it's the briefs silver bullet. Check it out. Well- Oh, 
there you go. That was the briefs with Silver Bullet. And You've got your discogs open, Neil. What what album is that on? Kill Bob Seger right now. I, I tell you what, what do you explain to some of our young... Well, I'll look this up. Explain to some of our young um, uh, listeners or English listeners who might know, have not have any idea who Bob Seger is and what he's most famous for. What do you explain? Well, unfortunately, what he's up? most famous for is a song that when you hear it, you want to kill yourself. That gets played at every single wedding, except for the one I went to last night, which is called Old Time Rock and Roll. That was like his big hit. But he had a ton of great hits. And it was in the Tom Cruise movie, right? That's how it got to be famous. Tom Cruise was dancing around his underpants. You probably remember oh, that. Oh, was that Risky Business? Risky Business, yeah. Risky Business. Yes. Okay, but I mean, it was okay. See, I guess I see. I don't really associate it with that. Boy, that movie came out when I was like nine years old. Um, but he's just—I don't know. He's just kind of—he's like our Tom Petty. He's like Michigan's Tom Petty or Michigan's uh, Bruce Springsteen or something like that. He writes these sort of sincere, knuckleheaded songs about growing up and that kind of thing. And apparently, it, ups- it upset the brief so much that they want to kill him. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they love him, and they just are trying to... So that was on Hit After Hit, um, which was the first Briefs album. Um, Originally, it was on Dirt Nap, but it was reissued in 2004 on BYO, which is actually the one I have, I think. I have that CD Hmm. on on BYO. I have very... Actually, I don't think I have anything by the Briefs. I I had to rectify that. I've been listening to them on Spotify. I really dig that. They were doing a great, like revival sound in the early 2000s yeah pogo punk um and uh, very well done and yep. very funny and short punchy songs and yep. did you ever see him i never did no looking yeah. forward to it i saw him with uh they warmed up on one of those one of those early riot fest things when it used to be at the congress uh, and okay. it was when naked reagan were having their comeback and oh, they cool. and they did a secret show the night before at subterranean and the briefs were a surprise guest Oh, cool. So the bomb opened up, which was Pizzati's other band, and then the briefs showed up unexpectedly, and they played a set, and they were great. And then Naked Reagan played, and I think that's oh. I think that shows on video somewhere too. I think Boy, you can get the video of that. I don't think you're going to get Pizzati pulling double duty anymore. No, poor bastard. Yeah, indeed, him and his raccoon farm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. I had a gig last night, Neil. A rare gig. You you went to a gig or you actually no, performed? Oh, you had a gig. Yeah. My uh my niece got married and my daughter sang and I played guitar. And okay, so what wedding songs did you have to play? I don't know. Don't even ask me. I they they're newer like pop songs. I don't I don't I don't know. I just learned them. Huh. It was fine. One was called I Get to Love You and it was sung by this it was a it was originally sung by a woman that had that kind of like pinchy like crap vocal that all these young female pop singers have hmm. um and then the other one was i think like a pop song that was redone by a country thing these people were my my niece and her husband are big country people i think um so yeah we uh it was it was kind of cool we alex and i used to play together pretty regularly and we were pretty well rehearsed but we really don't do it anymore so it was like a last minute it was kind of a pain actually but we we pulled it off hmm. and uh always good my daughter's got a real gift and she doesn't use it enough and my guitar playing is never going to be called a gift that's for sure but i enjoy we enjoy playing together so my niece that got married is born within days of my daughter alex she's always been kind of close to the family she lived with us for a little bit when she was having trouble with her mom and dad and uh she's gone on vacation with us and stuff so it was, it was cool it was nice it was it was real nice i saw her dad for the first time in many years there was a time where if he would have come to my house i would have shot him in the face so <laughs> why is that 
Well, it was just he, he, he was he was not father of the year material. That's for sure. Uh, and there was, okay, just, there was a lot, lot, of, lot of problems between him and my sister at the one at one point. But it was nice to see everybody sort of laughing and. Hold on, it wasn't that guy that we saw sitting at the end of the bar when I was there the other month, was it? No, no, that was my uh, my niece on my wife's side's ex-husband. Jesus Christ, it seems to be pretty Actually, common they never that got way. married. they never got married. They just were like a married couple because, you know, he beat her half to death. Yeah, we're going to have to fucking kneecap that guy. The yeah, I, I, there. I, I, it, was, it was funny because my brother and I were both wearing suit jackets and standing there. We looked like bouncers. We looked like the kind of people <laughs> who were going to throw ourselves out of somewhere. <laughs> Yes, I do love that family picture your wife posted on Facebook. Where everyone like, else is smiling, and you're sitting at the back there with a. You look like you're trying to a, a slight grimace. Well, you should see <laughs> Phil and I. My brother Phil and I we were both wearing sports jackets. We literally look like goombas. We look like we're gonna <laughs> like we're gonna take somebody out. Aaron, I think but, you should do a sketch of that immediately. But we did not. We did not take anybody out, and we uh, had a good time. And you know, I went to that wedding like a month ago, and I was complimenting how fancy everything was. This was totally the opposite. This was very much DIY, down home, country wedding. The food was probably better, but the liquor, man, I'll tell you what, I felt a lot better with a belly full of four roses than I did with a belly full of Kesslers. But what are you going to do? <laughs> okay, there you have it, everybody. Was it <laughs> a little bit? Was it like a? Uh, I don't know. What kind of place was it at? Like a church hall or something? It was at <laughs> my brother-in-law that my sister's married to now. He is Polish, and he's a member of all these like Polish society halls. Mm-hmm. So it was at the Polish Falcon. <laughs> which go. is funny because the Polish Falcon in Grand Rapids, which is not the one we were at. It was the Polish Falcon in Muskegon. The Polish Falcon in Grand Rapids used to have some killer punk shows back in the day. As a matter of fact, I saw SNFU at the Polish Falcon. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So. It's a small world, right? Everything yeah. comes around. Yeah, just like VFWs or something. They used to have a lot yeah, of punk yeah. shows. They yeah, it was upstairs. They, they, there was a guy who had a record store in town here. Great record store in Grand Rapids called Radio Kilroy. Gone now. He actually died of COVID. He was like one of these guys who, I guess, was like talking about how COVID was BS or whatever, and they died from it. <laughs> did, he have, I, did, he, did he have any uh, any pre-existing conditions or anything? Was I suspect, comorbidities? I did, yeah. But anyway, he was a good dude. His name was Dan. He ran, like I said, ran Radio Kilroy. I, I, I did not. It, the irony of it, I guess, was something, but I didn't take any pleasure in his death, certainly. But uh, he, for a while, had some kind of a hookup with Epitaph Records. It was booking all these Epitaph bands hmm. to play at the Polish Falcon. So uh, NoFX played there. SNFU played there. And it all kind of went out the window when he booked The Offspring. And sometime between he, when he booked this unknown band called The Offspring and when they actually played, they blew up. Ah, yes. So the a crowd that wasn't the normal punk crowd showed up and kind of trashed the venue, and that was it. Now the party was over. But that being said, the punks were pretty good at trashing their own venues. We would have done it eventually anyway. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so always did. just like skaters would always trash skate parks. It's very yep. sad. A brief, a brief history of Grand Rapids punk for one brief moment in like 1994 or whatever year that was. 95, I don't remember. We're talking about brief. I'm going to play 94. something else. I'm going to play something else by the briefs. Excellent. <laughs> How was that for a segue? Um, I'm going to play another one of their singles, uh, and this is off their second album, uh, off the charts. Uh, this is. Uh, Looking through Gary Glitter's eyes, I which love is this. yeah, love which this. is obviously a takeoff on the adverts. Gary looking Gilmore through Gary right. Gilmore's yeah. eyes, which is very very clever, but uh, with uh, you know lyrics about uh, the noted seventies hit pop star slash pedophile Gary Gary Glitter. <laughs> a lot of pedophile talk this week. A lot of pedophile. Talk. <laughs> yep. So uh, anyway, yeah, this is the briefs with looking through Gary Glitter's eyes. <laughs> i 
So the briefs there with looking through Gary Glitter's eyes, and those two those two brief songs we've just played. Um, if you didn't know the band before, that that will give you a really good grounding on what they're about. You know, they're short songs, uh, funny and uh, very pithy. Yes, pithy, if you will. So, uh, well, you know, I've I've been on that sort of blank seventy-seven kick lately. I, yep. I think the briefs are sort of in a sort of similar vein. Agreed. So even the blanks were a little. A decade earlier, more or less. But uh, so, Neil, the other the other news that I've been sort of holding back on, uh, you may have seen it. On, I think you saw it on social media. But uh, in the spring, I'm going to be a grandfather. Yeah, that's right. I did see that. Holy shit! And that's so funny because my my buddy Rick has just uh, become a grandfather for the first time too. So uh, yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I, it's it's weird, right? I mean, I'm I, I've you know my son. So my son got married in 2018. My oldest son did. Married young, but you know, but it, and I think his wife always intended to. They always intended to have a family. At some point, I sort of begged her. I'm like, well, let me be 50 at least. Let me be 50. <laughs> and she always said, no, nah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, it's going to be very very close actually. Hmm. But it looks like I'm going to fall a month or two short. So, yes, and it looks like at the end of March, I'm going to be a grandfather. I will turn 50 in May. So, I don't know, man. I don't even, like, it's like it's all good. It's not like, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, at least my daughter or my niece didn't get knocked up or something and had the first. <laughs> first child, yeah, for sure. Know? For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and the other thing is, you know, I saw my grandparents last night at this wedding, and they're they're not doing well particularly but they're old you know they're pushing 90 years old but you know if they one or both of them lives through the winter we can show some good photo ops in the spring so oh yeah that'll be amazing now was that the grandparents that when we went shooting at the house yes yes yeah. okay and we put holes in one of their shot up like an antique uh as a yeah like a, a, a deceit right. spreader or something grandpa's not walking down there at this point to look at that he is uh <laughs> he's shuffling i i got two Two things. My grandpa, I watch him get around. It's very, very difficult. My grandmother too. She got neuropathy, and and uh, so she's not getting around very well. And my old dog, man, I watch. I, oh, I, Sheena! I'm like Sheena, come on, we time to go pee. And watching her get up off the hardwood floor is like, uh, it's it's inelegant to say the least. Yeah, you might. You, uh, Laura's old dog uh, towards the end. Yeah, the, yep. she basically had to put pads and stuff down all over the floor so we could get a grip you know so otherwise he couldn't get up on the hardwood floors so you might well, want to put rugs down or something for we him put it, we started her. to put like steps and stuff like off the deck we built a little step for her so yep. when she goes out to goes out to do her business and stuff but i don't know i hope we'll know when it's time i don't want her to suffer but i also don't want to you know i don't really want to part with her before we have to oh so. sure no she was a great dog she's one of the friendliest so. dogs i've i've ever met so so yeah. That's anyway, yeah. So as far as the other thing goes, doubling back. I mean, I don't. I don't know that my life is going to change much. I always have said, you know, I'm sure that eventually the kids are going to be like, "Hey, can you watch Junior while we go out to 
while we go out or whatever, and we'll probably be willing to do that. But I still like to go out on Friday night, so I don't know that it's, you know, I mean, I, it, it is a strange, I don't feel like a grandfatherly, you know? Mm-hmm. I know. I certainly you certainly don't act like it. No, do you, do you like babies? Are you a, are you a... Um, I, I'm pretty fond of babies, especially if they're not spending the night. <laughs> There you go. I, I like little kids. I like toddlers. Like I always love like like toddler age kids. Yeah, goofing around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I it, it, it'll like I said. It'll be it'll be good. It's just it's just weird. I just uh, and you know you never know. It's like some people don't are seventy before they become a grandparent. Some people are that might be 40, me. You know? <laughs> might yeah, be me. maybe. Yeah. Well, and the fact of the matter is, I don't know. My daughters, both of them, are like I don't know that we'll ever have kids. I think my son, probably, my other son, probably will too. So I, I don't know. It'll be weird to be like my family, where my cousins are all so much younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, but yeah, that's that's uh, and I know a lot of guys who a lot of guys and women that listen to us. I know we have some grandparents listening to us. I'm certainly not the first one to uh, experience this, but yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm I'm overall I'm 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 cool with it. I'm excited, but I'm not. You know, it's it's just weird. You know. Now, do you get on well with her side of the family? Uh, who's that? My daughter-in-law. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's, she comes from a real small family actually. So, but I do, I mean, her grandfather is about the age of my parents, of course, and he was helping us. We moved when we moved them. So, but yeah, it's, it's all good. Her mother, she only has, she, she doesn't know her father at all. She, but her mother is about our age too. And are they from your small town? No, a couple towns over beach town, Grand Haven. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went there, right? Uh, I don't think we ever, oh, oh, maybe when we were with Marv, maybe with the boating situation. (laughs) Saw Marv at the wedding yesterday. Had a good time. How, oh, Uncle Marv's doing okay. Yep, yep. He got there without so, a problem. Did he get drunk? Uh, not as much as I did. And did, he, did his wife yell at him? Those the two questions. No, no, they run their they run their best behavior. Oh, okay, cool. I invited I, I invited him to come out to uh, Lombard boys. Lombard with us if yep. it works out. I don't know if it will or not. I said, listen, I want you to come out with us and I want you to have fun, but I don't want to be the reason you get divorced. Dude, that's coming up, isn't it? That's yeah. It that's really is three weeks, weeks, I think. Oh, yeah, three yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. No, I, as, I, as a matter of fact, we might as well say it now while we're thinking of it. Uh, Alan said, if "Anybody else wants to join us? We will be at some place called Hoarders Trading Post, shopping with for records with Susie Moon and her band at about two o'clock on that Saturday, which would be October fifteenth. So that's a Saturday, and not the Friday. That's the Saturday. Yeah, it's before okay. the show. The show is on Saturday night. Okay." So we'll go do that about two o'clock or so. So if anybody wants, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody would love to meet us, but they want to get a glimpse of Susie trying to be creeps, you bastards. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're gonna go record shopping. So it's, it can be fun. You know, it, it should be. I mean, it should be a good time. Honestly, I look at the, I do look at this place though. I know you're gonna complain bitter. It won't matter for me because I'm coming from home. But it looks like it's as far away from Lombard as Lombard is from Chicago. Motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, oh, God. That's Maybe not. Why the hell did he choose that place? I don't know. It looks like a great place, though. Honestly, it looks like a great store. I was kind of kind of scoping it out online. Yeah, so it's called Hoarder's Trading Post. It's in St. Charles or something. I can so. hear Lydia yelling in the other room for some reason. But why did I'm sure there's record stores in Lombard. Lombard's a reasonably big town. I don't know. Alan picked up. Listen, yell at Alan. Don't yell at me. No, it looks like anyway. It'll be fun. So you should come join us. Anybody who's listening, if you feel like it, come yeah. join us at Orders Trading Post, two o'clock, October fifteenth. Of course, this episode will probably be out about two days before that. So when you hear oh, this, oh, oh, after it, perhaps. Yeah, you're after. Yeah, I'll I'll put something on the Facebook. Group I gotta too. look up this right now. Hold on. All right, let me, let me play another song while you're while you're getting yeah. angry. Go ahead. Orders Trading Post. So I'm I'm playing an SMU SNFU song, you know, actually. Okay. 
This is from, this is not from the first album, this is from the second album. This is from, I think if you swear you'll catch no fish. That makes sense, yep. And this song, <laughs> I picked it, I like the song, but I picked it as much because of its name as anything else. But this is, He's Not Getting Older, He's Getting Bitter by <laughs> SNFU. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Share. 
dude, what do you keep doing in between songs? It sounds like you're shifting about. Maybe. I'm yeah. in my leather chair. Yeah. Anyway, everybody, that was SNFU with He's Not Getting Older, He's Getting Bitter. And I think that was a veiled attack on me from uh, no, no, it's Tom me, right dude. there. All these songs are about me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if the shoe fits. Yes. Well, it does. <laughs> if the Doc Martin fits. Yeah. All right. It does. Hey, this is Billy Hobbles of the Black Halos, fuckers. You're listening to Punk Till I Die, the motherfucking coolest podcast on the air. Um, you find it? Are you getting angry in real time? What is trading post? I mean, it looks... Oof. It looks, looks about, it looks like one of those first record stores that you took me to in uh, Grand Rapids or whatever, that one with the huge, huge... Oh, uh, the huge back room. Yeah, the huge back room. They're actually moving to a smaller location, so I'll try to get over there here in the next what the hell are they? What the hell are they going to do with all that stock? I have no idea. Just throw it all away? Yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, they're moving out onto the main, like, main street, so we'll see. 28th Street will have a record store again. The main streets. Um, yes. Yeah, it looks like it's very... Well, maybe it's not that big. It looks very packed, though. It does. It looks like it got a lot of records in it, doesn't it? I wonder why he chose this place, though. I don't know. That's uh, that's that's interesting. All right, well... It looks cool, though. I'm looking forward go. to it. It look, I think it'll be fun. I don't know. You know, Like I said, I think I'm probably just going to meet you over there. I'm probably going to leave here at 10 in the morning or something. I'll meet you over there and... Uh, We'll do that, and then we can go. Uh, we can go to the record shopping, and then we can maybe go boozing and just booze all day. Watch the show. We're not driving home. It's uh, staying right across the street, so it should be a good time. Yeah, we're actually. Uh, I think I've talked about that before because of the cops on North Avenue. I'm actually. I'm actually stay, uh, staying over. I got a room in a hotel over there. Yep. Don't want to be driving home and risking getting a DUI. So uh, I'm going to. Uh, we're both. I think we're both staying. Aren't we? You got a room. Yep. Yeah, I got a room. Yep. Um, I think Rick said he might get a room, so yeah, I think, and we got a table in there too. We booked, a, I I got the four four seated table, so uh, be me, Rick. It's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Yep. So, anyway, now how about that uh, Black Flag show? Huh? You still planning on coming up for that, right? You have yep, tickets yep, for that one, tickets, right? Got yep. tickets for that. Right. I haven't really figured out what we're gonna do for that as far as accommodations or for stay out there or I, I don't who's, know. That's who, on a Thursday night. So who's coming? Who, who's coming to Scott that? Scott and Eric coming to that one. Oh, you are Scott's coming. Okay, uh, cool. Scott's not able to come with me in October here, and I was thinking about like I was gonna ask my wife if she wanted to come, but she's really not very interested in it. And uh, <laughs> really, not a bunch of like well, old men punk she's fans. Not, she's not very interested in it, and. Um, there's, I think, a, a band thing my daughter's doing that she doesn't want to miss. Ah, okay, gotcha. She's a more devoted parent than I am. Ah. Like, I, I, I choose Greg Ginn over my youngest daughter, I guess. Yeah, but how many marching band things can you go to, to be honest? It's, well, and, gotta and be... my daughter theoretically has, you know, three more years, two more years of high school. Greg Ginn could drop dead any minute. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, it's funny because I was looking at, I actually went on there, the, it's at the Des Plaines Theater. It's like this weird seated little theater. It actually looks cool. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the theater. Yeah, I am too, yeah. But it looks like other than the seats we bought, the most rest are still available. So if anybody else wants to join us. <laughs> you mean it hasn't sold out yet? It doesn't look like it's selling all that well, but I, I don't know. I think there's another show in town that same night. I don't That's the same. Isn't that the same night? Offs playing in Chicago, like yes, a, it is. You're exactly like a huge right. Fu. Yeah, yeah. Off is playing the same night. Yeah. I was. You know, if I were off, I would just book like venues across town the whole tour. Just like follow the whole tour. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, Chicago. I looked. Chicago's the only con- the only conf- conflict between the two. 
also. Uh, so gig wise, so yeah, I've got Amal and the Sniffers next Wednesday at the Vic, which will be okay. nice. Um, and then the Victoria Page, wins House Circle Jerks, right? It is, yeah, 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 exactly. One of my favorite venues in the city. Yeah, it's cool. And so I'm sure we'll be going to Duke of Perth first for dinner. Ah, yes. Um, Agent Orange on Friday at Cobra Lounge. Now, Agent Orange are probably playing... Are they playing Tip Top by you? Are they playing Grand Rapids on this tour? They are. They're playing the 5th of October, which is a Wednesday. They're playing the Tip Top. I already have tickets. Oh, okay, cool. So you are going to go to that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Agent Orange is one of those bands. I've seen them more than 10 times, but I always go see them. And their show literally hasn't changed since 1981, but I don't care. They're cool. So, um, and then the next one after that, obviously, is Dead Boys and Briefs on October 15th, like we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a couple of weeks lull, I think. But then there's a fucking, there's like a 10-day period in November, which is crazy. Um, I've got, um, I don't know if you're familiar with She Wants Revenge. I've heard of them. Um, they're playing with the are Chameleons, they, who are one of my favorite. Are they favorite. like a pop band? Are they, uh, they, they, I wouldn't call them pop at all, but they're a little more like post-punky dance kind huh. of thing. I have but, no, like I said, I've seen the name. I actually have, I don't think I've ever heard them. But um, the, the reason I'm going is because the Chameleons are playing. I'm one of my favorite old 80s post-punk bands. Mm. Um, yep, I remember the Chameleons. So I'm going to that on a Sunday at the Metro. Then Field Day is on the following Saturday at Cobra Lounge. Now that is a cool show. What day? What's the date on that? That's Saturday the twelfth of November. Yeah, I don't think I'm able to pull that off. Yeah. that's all right. And then Wednesday the sixteenth, I've got uh, the London Suede are going to be playing. Um, the a lot of a uh, lot of uh, non-punk stuff. Yep. Then seventeenth is uh, black. Uh, actually, they're playing with uh, who's that? Fucking Welsh band. It'll come back to me. Um, the next day after that is the Black Flag show. And then a week after that, I got tickets to see Morrissey in Milwaukee. So mm. I'll be going to Milwaukee for the first, first time. First time you've ever gone to Milwaukee for a show, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Be the first time in Milwaukee. So maybe I'll try and meet Mark or something up there. But I'm going with the fam, I think. So I don't think I'll mm. do see a drunken a drunken DUI in his underpants running around. Uh, yeah, Mark's, maybe that Mark's would be a great host. He's yeah. fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, I, well, definitely but anyway, yeah, I'm going to see because uh, Morrissey is not playing Chicago for some reason. So we're going to see him in Milwaukee this time. So, so well, he's been in Chicago quite a bit. It oh yeah, surprise me. He's I've seen him. I've seen him at pretty much every venue in every big venue in Chicago. I've seen him at even up to Waukegan. Um, did you get years? Did you get good seats for the Milwaukee show, or did you get kind of just normal seats? Not very good. Uh, not not the best because they were like two hundred dollars or something like that. But not bad. Not bad at all. They like the orchestra, thing, you know. But they're they're over hundred bucks as it is, right? No, they were like well, they were like ninety something. I think. And you said the fees were just the fees are just the fees were like thirty bucks. It's fucking criminal how they're getting away with this with the fees. Convenience charge, dude. It's convenience charge. Pretty convenient. It sure, it sure is convenient. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't cost Um, a penny, and it just costs me thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I have next Sunday, a week from today, I'm going to see uh, Exodus and Death Angel. (laughs) Let me me guess what kind of music that is. That is thrash metal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, it's indeed. it's funny because Exodus was like, they're not one of the hugest names, but they're like right up there with like the big four of Thrash, but they never really figured out how to capitalize on it. Like they need to somehow like, you know, Metallica's having this resurgence with the Stranger right. Things thing. Yep, yep. They need to glom onto that or something and like advertise themselves, start advertising themselves again as the band whose guitarist left to play in Metallica or something like that, which is what they were. But uh, they're cool. One of the original 
Bay Area thrash bands from the <laughs> late seventies. So I'm looking forward to that. I've seen them a few times, but this is usually they're kind of in the middle of the bill, so they get to stretch out a little more. Death Angels, likewise, a Bay Area thrash band, really good. Um, so that'll be cool. I'm doing that on next Sunday, and then Where Wednesday. Is Where is that? That is at one of the rooms in the intersection downtown. Okay. Holds about 800 or something. And then the next uh, Wednesday, yeah, the 5th, I'm going to see Agent Orange and Grand Rapids, which I'm looking forward to that. I've seen, like I said, I've seen them more than 10 times, but I always enjoy seeing them, especially in the tiny confines of of uh, the tip top. But, you know, it's just, I what can I say? I never get sick of thinking along to Bloodstains and oh, sure, of course, yeah. Cry for Help and a World Gone Mad and all that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, and then the, the, the following Wednesday, the 12th, I'm, we have, there's actually two shows in GR I want to go to. One of them is the Super Suckers are playing at the Tip Top, but I'm probably going to skip that and actually go see a band called Raven at the uh, Pyramid Scheme. Raven's like a new wave of British heavy metal band that never made it. Hmm. Kind of like contemporaries of like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, like that. But just never quite had the same level of success. Interesting. Okay. So I've never seen them, and I got a couple of buddies who are metalheads that I don't get to see very often, so it's always we always kind of have fun getting together so i might choose that even though i yeah. probably would rather see the super suckers in a lot of ways well you might not you'll see the have the chance to see the super suckers next year probably but raven, i've seen the super suckers i've yeah. seen the super suckers a few times too and yeah. raven yeah. you might never get a chance to see him again pretty it, much it's a bizarre booking honestly for that club yeah which I bet. features mostly like hipster young people stuff that i don't even know what it is Right, that time uh, we went in there for a drink. We went to the bathroom when there was some rapper in there yelling about stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> doing, they his, doing his sound check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got us some backstage backstage access to the pyramid scheme. But yeah, it's so, I, and I haven't been there for a while, so I, I, I will probably go to that. And then, yeah, and then we're coming up to uh, Lombard for the Dead Boys thing, and then, then we have the Black Flag thing, and who knows that. You know, if, if there's other shows around those two things, I might be willing to do another day or whatever. So we'll kind of keep an open mind to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at the end of November, Corrosion Conformity is playing at the Pyramid Scheme, which is, they will sell that out. I can't imagine they wouldn't. I mean, that, that they, it's a very small venue for them. So, And it's like the popular lineup. So we'll see. So I'm definitely planning to hit that. Uh, that is about you know, it for this year that I have on the schedule. So Yeah, you know what? There's this a question I want to ask you, but let me come back to it after I play another song. Okay. Um, this is from, you know, the uh, the band Channel 3, right? Yep. Obviously. Fear of Life. Yep. Yep. All good stuff. Um, but this is from uh, that compilation, Something to Believe in. Again, it was okay. a, actually, this was the first song I had ever heard by Channel 3. So um, this song, actually, it's probably... And the, in politically correct terms now, they're probably not even allowed to say this anymore. Uh-oh, but, uh oh, The song is called Indian Summer, mm. you know, which was always like the end of the summer, the dog days of summer, right? Um, yep. Indian Summer. So anyway, Channel 3, Indian Summer, I think in 1984. <laughs>
All right, that was Channel 3 with uh, with Indian Summer. And I'm actually pretty upset. I missed Channel 3 played uh, Liars Club, I think, a couple months ago. Really? And, Li- and Liars Club, Small. yeah, capacity's got to be 50 they're people. West, they're West Coast, right? <laughs> yeah, West Coast, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, It's funny, you know, because I was telling the story yesterday, and it was, once again, at the wedding, it, it triggered this story in me because I was drinking Kessler's whiskey, which is... Not top shelf. I've never even I've never even heard oh, of that. Oh, never heard of Kessler Smooth as Silk. Whiskey. I have, but I'm not a I'm not a whiskey drinker. So well, you it's know. it's cheap, but it's not the cheapest. It's not like five o'clock or something. What are like? There's those house brands that are like like Heaven's Hill or five o'clock or something. That's right. But it's pretty it's pretty cheap. But when I was I was telling the story, and I'm like, oh boy, I think I violated several uh, woke laws when I was telling the story. I'm like, yeah, when I was a kid, when I was 16, I first moved to Michigan. I was working for my uncle Jim, like helping to clean up at his shop, and like a bunch of drunken Indians used to live under a track trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and I found a full <laughs> bottle of Kessler's, like a full fifth, un- unopened. Are you sure it wasn't pissed? No, it was definitely Kessler's, <laughs> smooth as silk whiskey. And so I hmm. went home, and my parents, there was nobody else at the house. So what do I do? I call my buddy Scott up, of course. And we take to drinking this whiskey. And. We didn't really have any soda or anything, so I was drinking Kessler's and lemonade, and I drank about two-thirds of this fifth, and I was 16 years old, and I just got rip-roaring drunk. Scott got pretty drunk, but I got rip-roaring drunk, and uh, so what do we decide to do? What do you always do when you're that age and you get rip-roaring drunk? Well, let's go drive around and see what our friends are doing. <laughs> so it's politically correct and awful as well? Well, yeah, it was just, <laughs> drunk it was just yes, drunken Indians, homeless <laughs> drunken Indians, drinking whiskey, driving around. <laughs> And when, I, you I said India, and when you said Indians, you were talking Native Americans w- and not people from India. Yes, I won't tell the entire story. <laughs> oh, boy. But nobody got hurt. But I will say that Scott's parents made him sell the Jeep after that, that we were driving around in. So, wow. Yes. Anyway. Now, did you throw up? That's the question. Good times. I, it's funny. I was thinking about that. I don't remember feeling bad or throwing up or anything. Wow. Which is amazing because I went out and had a bunch last night. And I feel like garbage today. Yeah. But well, you know, it happens. What are you gonna do? I think that my the older I get, the better I ain't. You know. All right. So you were gonna ask me something. You still want to do that, or you want me to play a song? I no, no, I am. So the Exodus show you were talking yep. about, old like uh, you know, classic uh, thrash metal yep. or whatever, right? Yep. So the crowd for that. How is the crowd? And do people still dress in like leather and stuff like that, and leathers and leather jackets? And I mean, is it is it the same or is it different than it used to be? It's definitely a lot of people my age, Uh, but there's some second generation people there usually, either kids of of you know. I I might bring my. I I bought two tickets with nobody to go with me. Mm -hmm. I might bring one of my sons or something. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Or one of my old friends. So I I can find somebody to use it. Um, And. And this might be a novice question, but do people still headbang and stuff like that? Or yeah. what, what are people doing these no, days not at, as much at a show like that? There's definitely not as much hair as there used to be. People still <laughs> headbang. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll mosh. There'll be a mosh pit. Okay. Um, I, you know, and, and I know you and I don't necessarily agree on this, or rather we took different paths, but I always I will stand by the fact that I think the old school thrash bands are a more legitimate descendant of the early punk and hardcore stuff than a lot of what's considered punk today. Oh, I agree with you. you, know, you had yeah, that, I, yeah, yeah, you won't get an argument out of me. It was the political. It was just, it was good. You know, it's good music, man. I, and and Exodus was good. They, they were a little inconsistent. Some of their songs were kind of dumb. I, they, I didn't think they were quite as intelligent as some of the other 
thrash bands, but they're cool. They'll be fun. <laughs> give me an, hold on a second. I got to ask you about that. What's uh, give me an give me an intelligent thrash band, please? Well, but like you know, you look at like Metallica's lyrics and stuff. They're not dumb. They're not okay. But like some of them. Well, okay. What, Poison's lyrics were dumb, right? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Don't yes, need yes. nothing but a good well, time, you know. Yeah, but pull some sh- no, pull some sugar on me was. But Metall- yeah, exactly. Who was that? Yeah, Who was that? But Metallica's definitely lyrics always had a certain gravitas to them. I mean, they weren't. It wasn't songs about partying and getting blown and stuff like that, like Molly Crew or whatever, you know. Yeah. So that's what that was the difference. So Thrash definitely took a different path, and I was drawn towards that. Man, those days when like Headbangers Ball was new. Man, I love that stuff. That was so good because. I had started out, my first musical love was stuff like Poison, you know, Doc and stuff like that. But it didn't take me long to outgrow the frivolity, 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 frivolousness frivolity, of yeah. it. Yeah. And want something with frivolity, a, little more, yeah. a little more substance. And that's what Thrash offered me ultimately. Yeah. Which, once again, I, I mean, you- listen, all, all, I mean, there's lots of punk songs too where you're like, oh, that's just a stupid, dumb nursery rhyme lyric, you know, but. Yeah. I've told you I've, I've told you my um Headbangers Ball uh story, right? I don't think so. Ricky Rackman used to be the host of that, right? Yep. And for a short period of time he had a skateboard company. Um Okay, going, he might just, have told this me this, but that's all right. Tell it again. Early 2000s. Early 2000s when you really couldn't buy big boards. Only boards with a small fucking popsicle sticks that the idiots in the 90s liked to write. Mm. Um, so he was one of the only people that was making big boards. Uh, his company was called Pool School. And um, so I actually got into... It was the early days of the internet. And I actually got in got in touch with him. And we exchanged, exchanged mail. I bought a couple of his boards and stuff. And mm. sweatshirt and stuff like that from him. And at the time, he was going out with adult film star Janine Linden. Ah, yes. And I, in fact, got them to sign one of my boards. It's got Ricky Rackman's autograph, which I don't care about, but it's got Janine's <laughs> with a with a kiss and a heart. So nice. I'm, I'm, is, she I'm, the, yeah. is she the one on the cover of the Blink-22 album? Indeed she was. Okay, yeah. That's that's Janine Linden. The most punk yeah, thing they ever which, did was have a porn star on their album cover. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've still got that board. That's it's, back uh, when there was actually porn stars. Now it's just, yes. it's just thrown up in the internet. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Good old Pornhub. This is Trump trying to get a hold of me. Oh, well, it's your it's your song next. So, what what? Which I'm assuming you're going to play uh, this Youth Brigade song. I'm going to play Youth Brigade song. So, in the early 2000s, I think it might have started in the late 90s. Maybe went to the early 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) Just nice disco fucking soundtrack. Well, I need something that wakes me up when I'm on call. I guess. All right, just a second. Hey, sweetheart. What's up? Oh, I hung up or she hung up or something. Okay. <laughs> I miss his trauma. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if she's going to try again or what, but anyway. Yeah, so when I, I get this new phone, team, I, we got T-Mobile, which I'm not real pleased with, I got to tell you. But um, the original to- like ringtone was like their corporate logo tone. Did it in it? I'm like, oh, that's so annoying. So I had to find one that was really loud so that when I was sleeping and, you know, I had some sewer issues that I would hear it. Like that. Wake me up. Now I'm getting text messages. Anyway, okay. So in the late, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, BYO did a split series. And I think it was like some of the last stuff they actually put out. And uh, they were all pretty great, but... So as much as like the early Youth Brigade stuff was good, I actually thought all their albums had a lot of fluff on them, a lot of filler songs. 
Hmm. I actually think they got kind of better. As the, in the 90s, they put out some really good stuff. They had an album called To Sell the Truth that was really good. And this split they did with Swingin' Utters was really, really good. And this song is, sticking with my theme, this is from that split, and it's called Where Are All the Old Man Bars? Brigade there with where are all the old man bars, um, and it's funny. So the Stern brothers, after BYO folded or they stopped doing it or whatever, right? Then they did that weird Royal Crown review thing for a while, and then and then they started putting on. The, I mean, they're the guys behind Punk yeah. Rock Bowling, and, right? and, and Youth Brigade still plays occasionally. They played a Punk Rock Bowling. Yeah, that was not particular um, for us, but which stunk. But didn't one of them. didn't one of the brothers? Uh, pull out of punk rock bowling. So yeah, it's only the one drummer. The drummer, the I think was the youngest brother. Something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it worked. But the you remember the one drummer did not play with U38 when we saw him last time because he just had a baby or something. Yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Which I'm thinking that. God, he's got to be in his fifties, right? Having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Better yeah. you than me, buddy. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna have. have a gra- you'll have a grandson. I'm gonna have or a grandchild. Yeah. House, but they can go home at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's the best time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that completely. So, uh, yeah, so a punk rock bowling next year. It's going to be in May again, yep. right? It's going to be Memorial Day. Are you? Do you think you'll go? So, I, I told you our, our trip in December got canceled. So, I think we're going to go to uh, the Dominican in February. That's what we're working on right now. Hmm. Have you been to the Dominican? I before? have not. Okay. You? 
So why why that no? I'm, well, it's I'm just looking for new places these, to go, but why they have all these like all inclusive luxury resorts where you just go lay around on the beach? It's just I think it's just a, a pretty affordable place to go. It's actually well, it's not a thousand dollars cheaper, but it's several hundred dollars cheaper than Carousel is going to be. And we are you we will what? take a direct flight from Lansing, Michigan, straight to Dominican Republic. He didn't want to do uh, Mexico. Um, I'm I'm open for whatever. Honestly, I don't care. I just want to relax for a little bit. But honestly, February is kind of the best time to go. I freaking lose the will to live about February usually. Yes, because the weather is so horrific, yeah. and it's just yep. you, it's been cold for so long and snow for so long. So I'm actually more excited to go in February than I was December, even though I was looking forward to doing some in December too. But oh, that's the one show I forgot to mention is my wife and I, or, or, or Scott and I, or whatever. At some point, I will catch a sloppy second show on this tour that's coming up, but ah. I don't show my hand yet. So gotcha. Yeah, but they're not playing Chicago, are they? No, they're, they're doing like yeah. a couple of Midwest type shows. They're playing St. Louis, and they're doing uh, Kentucky, right? Yeah, just across the board. They're doing yeah Cincinnati, St. Louis, and uh, I don't know. They're doing Nashville. I want to say there's there's a few that are drivable, uh, but they're pretty far apart. Like it's it's not really easy to hit like two or three of them. Hmm. But anyway, that's that's a story for a different day. But anyway, yeah, my wife and I are going to do, we are doing a little little long weekend trip for our anniversary, so that'll be fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bummed we're not doing that in December, but you know, just let that vacation build up, I guess. Save your money. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that February thing, because, you know, it's after that, it's been winter in Chicago for, you know, it's the third month. Yeah. Have no, nothing, you know, nothing but gray skies and yep. bad and dirty slush on the ground and freezing cold temperatures. So that's when I used to go to, uh, with my ex girlfriend to, to Hawaii. Uh, and uh, that I was like, that. seriously, that's like, it was a long flight, but it is, it was like the Wizard of Oz. It was like, it's all, it's all black and white at the beginning and you get off the plane and suddenly you're in this magical, colorful place where mm. all the colors are so vibrant. The air is clear. Um, there's a you get off the plane and it just smells of gardenias and mm. I don't know. It's just you, it's amazing. Only, it's absolutely if, amazing. If you only had a heart, my friend. If you only had a heart. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I feel like Mrs. Trauma and the kids are headed home. So let's go ahead and expedite this sucker. Okay. Episode one ninety four. We figured it was maybe. I don't know. Uh, yes, episode one ninety four. So uh, towards the end of their time, yeah. Um, Byo. It seemed to fold in the early two thousands, right? Um, but they actually still had a lot of really good bands on there. Um, yeah. Like the yeah, like Pistol oh, you Group know what, was on you know there. What they did Neil. They did that that double LP. They did that film. It was called Let Them Know. And they did that, that double one. LP compilation, which I have. Which is really nice. It comes in this big hardbound book. Hmm. And that was probably the last thing they ever put out. But that was probably like 10 years ago, I would guess. Okay. Well, they had a lot of bands that you wouldn't ever associate really with with, uh, with BYO. You had the Briefs being one, obviously. Like I said, Pistol Grip, Leatherface had a thing on yep. there. Um, the Forgotten, The Unseen, One Man Army had a, had a, had a thing on BYO. Hmm. Um, no Effects and Rancid had a split yep. on BYO. One Man Army had a um, split too, yeah. But a, a band you wouldn't think of was The Business. And the business had a couple of, obviously, the British Oi Band, they had a couple of releases on BYO. Mm. And um, one famous one that's all soccer-related, uh, football-related for, for people at home. Um, oh, Hardcore Hooligan. Was Yeah, it was the album Hardcore Hooligan, which is fantastic, 2003, 
on BYO, and I am going to play. What song did I pick? What song did I? Oh, I'm going to pick the title track, Hardcore Hooligan. It's a good one. So, uh, yep, it's a good one and a banger. And yeah, so this is the business with Hardcore Hooligan. The business there, <laughs> bless you. The business with hardcore hooligan, and that's that's Tom to a nutch in a nutshell. <laughs> yes, you saw the business, right? I did only once though. Yeah, I saw them. I think about four it was times, cool, though. and I was real, always amazed. Really small, yeah. real small club in Lansing. It's gone. Now. I was just always always amazed by how Mickey Fitz just like owned the stage. Well, he was, uh, and he, he was a great and he front was man. Such a, he was just like everybody. He talked to everybody before the show. He was just such a yep. Working yep. the crowd, and when I saw him, and I, I and I only saw him one time, was at Max. Like I said, Max and Lansing, great, great old venue. It's gone now. And when the, I don't remember what song they finished with, "Drinking and Driving" or something, or one of those. Yeah, they normally do that. All Guinness Boys, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the band would just keep playing. He just got off the stage and walked through the crowd. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> and went to the bar probably, and, and got a pint. But yeah. no, he he was he was a cool dude. Gone too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What are we talking about? I don't know. The first time I saw them was actually the only time I've ever enjoyed. Now, you all know my hatred for House of Blues in Chicago. Nah. So the first time I saw them was the only time I've ever enjoyed the House of Blues. Because um, at the time, I knew someone who was a bouncer. And he got us one of those boxes oh, up above yeah. the stage. And it was the Punks versus Psychos tour. So it was the business, the horror pops, I think Necromantics. I was going to say the business um, are not filling up the House of Blues by themselves, that's for sure. No, but it was a great, great show. Wow, what a weird show, the weird bill, huh? That's cool. Yeah. It was, again, it was the Punks versus Psychos I don't uh, tour. That at all. Huh. And, um,. And yeah, because we were in a box, we got a waitress that would come up, so we didn't even have to go to the bar or anything like it's that. It's so People nice that you can get your fifteen dollars beers delivered to you. <laughs> exactly, but it made it a bit a bit nicer, especially especially at House of Blues, where the bouncers basically pat you down every time you move. Ugh. Right? Yeah, I'm not, not, not a huge fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like I said I saw him at a very small club. It was really it was really cool actually. Um, so you want, so should I play my last song? 
Um, I, I, well, we could, we could leave with that one, I guess, right? Because it used to be, all, it used to be all oh, music. Our play out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it did. It used to be all playout music. Well, it's you know, obviously, this is this is. Uh, anyway, punktlightdie seventy seven at Gmail, punktlightdie podcast on Facebook, punktlightdie podcast group on Facebook. It continues to grow. Having yeah, and if you want stickers, let us know. Yep. Uh, I have I stickers. I think Tom bunch. might be out. I just sent out a yeah, bunch Tom, this week. Yeah. yeah, Tom Tom just sent some out, but I, I've still got stickers. So Also, we have sweatshirts still available in the bigger sizes. So if you're a big boy, we have sweatshirts available for you. Um, and T-shirts and stuff available on... Uh, loud Pizza. Loud, loud Pizza. Yep. Loud pizza. Yeah, we, we, we forget to mention Loud Pizza too often, especially when we have guests. So yeah, check out Loud Pizza. He's got some great records on there. And uh, yeah, they have our T-shirts, slip mats, coffee mug. I'm looking at my coffee mug and my slip mat right now. I, yep. my, my back room is decorated with me. <laughs> Pictures a, of Tom. It's a tribute to me in a lot of ways, <laughs> my back room. So... Uh, so anyway, yeah, with all this, you know, grandfather talk and all my old man, angry old man rambling songs, I thought I would finish. And it was funny because I'm looking at the track listing for, like, uh, the crew especially, even though I love Walk Together, Rock Together too, um, or Rock Together, Walk Together, I can't remember, I think it's Walk Together first, right? Yeah, Walk Together, Rock Together. Yeah, if we can walk together, why can't we um, yeah. But I was looking at the songs and like, oh, there's lots of songs I like in there. But ultimately, it just came back to this, and I thought it would be good to sort of offset all the, like I said, all the old man, grumpy old man talk, which is inevitable when you get two grumpy old men together in a room via the internet. When we when we saw them back in, was it February or March, yeah. with Circle Jerks, they should have ended the set with this. Yeah, definitely. Instead of ending the set with Circle fucking 99 Red Balloons. That which, was, you that can was play 99 Red Balloons, but you don't need to do the extended version of it. And yeah, that, that yeah, finish with this. Of course, yeah, finish with this. I don't know, man. They look kind of old. Like, like they like death might not be as far away as they are laughing. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> Just wish death on Well, it's funny, right? Seconds. We saw the That's Chicago nice. show, and then the tour literally fell apart after that. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And you could kind of, I kind of got the impression it was sort of low energy from everybody at that show we saw. It was still great. I was glad we see it. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I've only been to Chicago a couple times this year, I, I, both in the spring, right? I think both March. I don't think I've been there since March. Right. Yeah. The summer just kind of disappeared. It, it really yeah. did. Summer flew by. But I haven't been there since March. But it's like, you know, it's like these, these, what's been drawing me are these big package tours. You know, I hate to say it, but you know, the Dead Boys thing. I heard that you like big packages. <laughs> Rim shot. Thank you very much. Be here all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but it, but it's you know I mean we went and saw that thing at Reggie's which had five bands or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know I went and saw the circuit tricks thing which was huge and then the Dead Boys thing has four bands all great and then the Black Flag thing which will reserve judgment on how many of those bands are great but you know still it's a big big. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I hate to say it, you know, but yeah. yes it's a big package. It is a big package. Rob, yes, big full bands. Package of bands. Um, I know you wanted to go, but I, I did want to mention this. You just reminded sure. me of something. Talking about seven seconds. Um, so Riot Fest was last weekend in uh, Chicago, and I have to say, looking at some of the photographs, looks like I, I mean, in I mean, in a way, I you know, I it's in my hometown, and we do punk till I die, and maybe I should have gone there, but I thought about going to the Saturday, but the idea of it just it just did not appeal you know standing and when i look at the photographs of how crowded it was how overcrowded it was um 
Now, supposedly Friday was the worst. With My, Chemical My Chemical Romance, Romance yeah. was supposed to be insanely crowded. Um, but then even when I look at pictures from the Saturday, from the Descendants show or some of those other smaller shows, and there's just people as far as the eye can yeah. see, everybody packed in. It's just like, that is that's, not my that's idea the best of going to, to a show. With five million people on a growing field, dude. <laughs> yeah, the middle yeah. of the day. Yeah. Well, um, well, you know, we had we have a one of our regular listeners was there. Maybe it, problem is we got we got a pretty and so we got some guests lined up. We got a pretty busy schedule here in the next week or so. But it, and that would be Brian from Virginia. It might be interesting to have. Yeah, actually, to have someone talk about it. We yeah, had him on yeah, episode one hundred. He 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 talked pretty good like us. So, but I don't know that we'll ever get a chance to do that. But. Yeah, because I mean, the Saturday had like the Descendants yep. and yeah, Fear played in the middle of the afternoon for like thirty minutes. It would probably minutes, just break down just and us belittling him for going all the way to Chicago from Virginia to watch <laughs> Descendants play in the middle of the day. Well, it sounded like yeah. he might have had like a little more of an emo streak too. I think some of the bands that he was kind of into were stuff that probably wasn't on our radar. And then, so everybody I know like raved about the Misfits, but I, I don't know. I see that same tired stage set that they broke out <laughs> three years ago with the fucking pumpkins oh, and that's stuff, pumpkins, and it just. Yeah. It just, well, it's just kind voices, of, it's just embarrassing. voice is blown out. You know, say what you will about Danzig back in the day, writing his weird lyrics or whatever. The dude had a great voice. Yeah, he did. Um, but unfortunately, I just think it's kind of, it's kind of blown out. But yeah, it's, uh, I would have loved to see that Misfit show. And, and I've said that if it does come to Detroit eventually, which it should, because that's where they played their last show ever, the original lineup. Well, the first, I don't the original lineup's a strong word. The classic era ended in Detroit. Mm. So, and I wanted to talk about that too, but we will do it. But I would time. probably go. But man, the thought, and you know, the closest one before that I thought about going to was that like that Allstate Arena or whatever in Chicago suburbs. That would have been awful. Too, and and that's I just, just like a concrete mausoleum. I just can't get over the idea of watching the Misfits play in a basketball stadium or a hockey rink. I just can't. I don't know. I right. struggle with it. If there was one band that should have done like a pre or an after show at a smaller club. It would have been them, but obviously they wouldn't because they were all about the money, right? But oh, dude, um, they're, but their payday—I bet you their payday is insane. You, can, you couldn't even make it work, I bet. You know, I mean, Dan's right, playing but, the but, peanuts, dude. He's looking to—he's looking to fatten up that four hundred and one k. He's—he's retirement age, you know. No, but if the Rolling Stones can play like Bottom Lounge or something like that, and you know they're not—oh, Metallica can play the Metro. You know they're not still demanding a million dollars. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They but, wanted to do it, but those guys are in a different—a different pay grade than. They really don't need the money. I don't think Danzig has that much money. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't. They don't. Was wasn't the rumor that they each got paid a million dollars to do to do Rye Fest? No way. Yes, sir. No that's, way. That's what that. Yeah, I know that. I know. I know that's what Marcy got played when 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 he did. I it. can't imagine that either. I don't know. I'd have to see the numbers. I bet you it's in the. I bet you it's more in the couple hundred thousand range. But I don't know, man. I, I listen. Don't ask me how the industry works. <laughs> if we knew how the industry worked, we wouldn't be sitting here. You know. On a, Sunday, anyway, on a Sunday morning in our living rooms, talking nonsense. One of, the, one of the points I wanted to make was, so I don't know how Riot Fest picks, uh, packs in 50,000 people to see some of these shows. More, yeah, I think even uh, more. Um, yeah, and, and yet we'll go to shows at Reggie's and they'll be lucky to get 100. I, I just don't get how and, it well, works. Well, because it, it, it draws a non-punk crowd, which is fine, but it's, you know... Well, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of old punks I know who went to see the Misfits Day, but they don't go to regular shows. So I don't yeah, that is weird. say why not. I don't know why didn't not. We, I don't know why you wouldn't prefer to go and see a band play at a small club rather yeah, than go I, and I, stand in a field with 50, 60, Dude, I, I, I'm with you 100%. Smelly idiots. Didn't we have this conversation yeah. at the very beginning? If you don't go to shows, 
Oh no, that was a private conversation you and I were having. It's sort of like <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah. Sometimes they bleed in, but it's like I mean, if you never go to a show, are you a punk? You know, it's like it's like, it, yeah. and I made the analogy: if you never go to mass, are you really Catholic? You know, it's like uh, yeah, it's like there's you need to have some level of involvement with it. You know, once again, I, I I never wanted to be a gatekeeper, but here we are, Neil. Here we are, gatekeeper. Indeed, uh, there's nothing wrong with gatekeeper. I guess. Got to keep the riffraff us, us boomer punks. All right, listen. Let's as we started to do a long time ago. We're going to sign off now. We're going to finish up with seven seconds, which used to be our playout song. Yep, I did. But now too many people listen. We're too too scared of. I don't know. We're getting sued. Exactly. Even though I don't think Kevin Seconds will sue us. Even you know, even though. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he can afford a lawyer or not. I, I just don't know. He looks like Willie Nelson now. <laughs> Pippi Longstocking meets uh, but, but by all, I guess, by I account, I've never met the guy personally, but by all accounts, one of the truly one of the nicest guys in punk rock. So, Kevin, I hope you stay young till you die, buddy, because we're we're planning on it. We're planning to stay punk till we die and young till we die. Yeah, even even as I'm even, my friend, even when I'm babysitting my grandkids, Neil, <laughs> I've already been online uh, looking at some misfits and uh, Ramones onesies. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Maybe they'll have to get some punk till I die. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's That's what we need. Our next venture. All right. So, anyway, so yeah, man. Keep a little mark. Uh, I'm going to do this backwards. I'm going to say, keep a little mark in your heart. Uh, Stay free. Stay free and smell you later. All right. This is seven seconds. Bye, everybody. Yeah, seven seconds. Young till I die. Bye.
What a load of old shit.